you know, welcome again to the Adelaide Entrepreneur Club podcast. Um, we're here today with what I actually know now is uh, Professor Professor Pete, who we um, met on day 193, um, which is only a few weeks ago now. And we just thought it would be great to come back and have a talk to uh, Professor Pete and and record a podcast about his story because we found it so so fascinating. So just to start with, uh, thanks heaps, uh, Professor Pete, for joining us today. Oh, well, I, I'm so grateful to be on, on your show, and uh, I thank your listeners for spending the time with us. Oh, cool. Yeah, I just thought we'd just start just having a, just a, a general talk, uh, uh, Professor Pete, about you know, your story about uh, you know, the things that you went through before you got to a particular point in your life that you spoke to us about where change then started to happen for you. So I just think it'd be great if... Um, you know, you shared that story with you. So we got a bit of an understanding about yourself and then what propelled you into the change that you made in your life. Sure. So uh, like many of us who grew up in dysfunctional families, we, you know, it stresses something that we deal with our entire lives. Uh, but I didn't really pay much attention to it until, um, and I can't say I paid much attention to it, but it first started becoming apparent to me back in 2008, because I was dealing with a perfect storm of stressful activities, including my dad dying, my mom having to have major hip surgery, having to run a, a business that was keeping me, uh, you know, all of my waking hours working. Uh, I was, um, I had two, my kids were very small at that time, and I had a, a marriage heading for divorce. So it was a lot of things that culminated in me being diagnosed with stress-induced diabetes. Yet, I didn't listen to my body about what stress was doing to it. So I kept on burning the candle at both ends for another 10 years until I ended up in the emergency room and later a three-day stay in ICU with a severe case of diabetic ketoacidosis. And for your listeners who don't know what that is, basically my body was eating itself alive because of my stress. And it was a real interesting experience to be, the doctors told me I was one hour from being comatose. They brought me in, they didn't even have me finish or my wife finish out the paperwork. It was, you're getting in there because they didn't know what was wrong with me, but I, according to her, I look green. And uh, um, it was a very scary thing. And um, even then, the, 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 the part that is, unbelievable to imagine but for those like me who drive themselves so hard i was sitting in the second day in icu and my boss at the time knew i was there i had you know i had sent a, a text letting them know and and i get it about six o'clock in the morning i get this text from her and she says you have a webinar you need to run at eight o'clock. What are you going to do about it? And here's the, so wait a minute, here's the crazy thing. So when I was, um, when I was admitted to the uh, uh, ER, my blood sugars were so high that the medical grade uh, glucometers could not read it. It just said high. So that meant it was at least 801, 801 which regular glucose is between 80 and 100. So my, my blood sugars were anywhere from eight to 10 times as high as, it, as they were supposed to be. And I picked up my phone 
and I started trying to reschedule the webinar. And while I was doing that, this nurse came in and she, they were checking my blood every uh, half an hour to an hour. And my numbers uh, overnight had finally come down into a little bit more normal ranges. It's still high, but normal ranges where it could be read. And as soon as she took my blood, as I'm trying to reschedule the webinar on my phone, pushing the, uh, the boundaries of what my phone could do, the numbers skyrocketed back up. Wow. And she said to me, you realize that's what puts you in this hospital bed in the first place. And that was my aha moment. I went, wow. what the heck am I doing? I'm trading my mental and physical health for my career and other responsibilities. And that is not a good trade because if you do that and you lose your health, nothing else matters. That's amazing. So all those years, like you couldn't physically see it. So like, so for some reason it, um, it didn't register with you that things like that were happening. It, it really did take getting into the ICU. Um, and even then in the ICU, you're saying that it didn't register a whole lot until you physically saw that connection between, you know, the, the phone call and, and your blood sugar level rising. You could see that direct connection between your health and, and, and your external environment. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody in my, in my family, has diabetes so there's no there's there's no record of it other than one cousin who got it um and oddly enough stress induced as well and so you know I, I, but I, to me it was like okay just give me the insulin give me the medicine i gotta keep going there's no time to relax here and it is it's ridiculous um and so for me when that happened I said to myself, you know what, I, I, I've got to change. And so the next day I got out of ICU and the day after that I resigned. Fortunately, uh, I, was, I had managed my money well enough that I could do that. And so what I did was I started focusing on stress relief tools and techniques that I could find. And what was interesting was that not only did my stress start going down, but my glucose numbers went down, my weight went down, and wow. I ended way, way up. It was like I had discovered the fountain of youth. Because you, know, <laughs> you know, if you look at pictures of me now, even with the, all the gray hair, I look younger today than I looked two years ago. Wow. I look way younger today than I looked 10 years ago. Wow. So, it really is something. And I'm not, you know, I'm not using any cosmetic products. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not using, you know, Botox or anything like that. It's just that I'm taking care of myself better and I'm not letting things bother me like they did before because, you know, the stress will just eat, eat us alive. Bad mm. stress. I mean, there's, you know, the, the thing that people hear is they hear the word stress and they think, oh my gosh, that's terrible, but there actually is good stress and bad stress. Yeah. And the good stress, they call it eustress. Um, eustress is, you know, where, you know, let's say that it's, you're doing something that you want to do. It's something that you like doing and you need stress to keep you motivated and to, to, to keep dry, driving you. 
the negative stress often is when either we're ruminating or thinking about something in the past that's still bothering us, or we have anxiety about something coming up in the future. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, almost all of our stress is self-induced. We're doing it to ourselves. So for example, you know, I gave you the story of my boss uh, telling me, what are you gonna do about it? Well, you know what I could have said? I could have said, well, I'm here in the hospital room. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah. If I wanted to. But the fact of the matter is we do it to ourselves. And if you've ever had an experience where you were stressed and worried, anxiety about something, especially with somebody else, and then you that you finally have a conversation with them about it, and it's like no big deal to them, and you've been carrying this like <laughs> your weight on your shoulders, and 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 it's like no big deal yeah. to them because they're they're not they're not carrying that, and so that's what I try and let people know that be mindful of it because you can't if you just keep on sending that negative energy. Um, the, I am a, I'm a huge believer that uh, whatever you want in life, you can get. You have to send out that positive, positive messages. However, the universe or however, however your spirituality is that you look at to, to um, say what's going to come to you, it doesn't know positive from negative. So if you're constantly thinking of negative things, what you're telling the universe is, oh, you want negative things. Mm -hmm. So the greatest example of this, or the easiest example, I should say, is think about when you're running late and you hop in your car and you're driving, and if you're worried about being late, what's going to happen? You're going to be late. You're going to be late because you're going to hit every stoplight. Yep. <laughs> and that's because you're sending that negative energy that, I don't want to be late, I don't want to be late. And the universe says, oh, you want to be late? <laughs> Because it doesn't know positive from negative. It just knows which message you're sending out there. So. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. The old Earl Nightingale audio where he talks about, you know, um, look at the, the soil being your mind. It'll return what you plant. It doesn't matter what you plant. You could plant a healthy plant or you could plant a poisonous plant. It's going to return exactly what you plant. That's, you know, it's so funny. And, and there was actually a study done where two plants or seeds were planted right next to each other. And the, um, the instruction was to talk nice to one plant and talk negative to the other plant. And it's crazy, but the plant that was talked nice to grew much, much yeah, more. It's <laughs> and it's not because, you know, they were talking more to one or the other. Yeah, it was just, the energy going. Yeah. So, it's amazing. Amazing. Mm. So when, when you come out of ICU, that back right back then, what were some of the first things that you started to do to make the change for yourself? Well, so what I did was I started doing Googling. What could I do? Um, and, you know, what, what I saw was a lot of stuff on, like, meditation and deep breathing and yoga, lots of books, lots of information on that. Started trying that. One of the things that I found was, that was quite interesting was that, you know, like for example, meditation, it was very hard for me to just start meditating without any kind of direction. Um, and 
I'm the kind of person who doesn't have a lot of time or patience to read a 300 book, 300 page book on meditation. So I'm the kind that wants to try something and see if I see any, any kind of effect. And if it doesn't have an effect, okay, then I'll go on to something else. And so as I started collecting all these different ideas and I experimented with each one, I started uh, taking notes to myself and saying, okay, this one seemed to work. This one eh, didn't seem to work for me. But then like my wife would try, oh, let me try it. And she would try and she oh yeah, this works for me. And I'm thinking, okay, well, something that works for me doesn't work for somebody else or vice versa. And then I just started looking at all these different things that different people, friends, family, uh, peers, et cetera, that were doing and things, other things that I read. And then um, some of my coworkers suggested I should write a book about it. And so I started working on the book. And, you know, I, I uh, went to Hawaii to get married. Um, and uh, it was fun because uh, my wife was at a workshop, a two-week workshop there, and we decided that we had been uh, uh, together for five years, and we thought, well, it's time. And uh, we got married, and uh, while she would be in her workshop, I'd be uh, either in the, you know, on the patio of the, uh, of the hotel room or out on the beach working on the book, and it was, it was a great time to do it. Cool. And just to refresh our memory, so what was the title of the book and, and what, what, what was the, that you wrote about? What was the purpose of the book? So uh, the book's title is Lighten Your Day, uh, L-I-G-H-T-E-N, Lighten Your Day, uh, Fast, Easy and Effective Stress Relief for When You Know What Happens. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the Lighten is a seven-letter acronym. And it stands for the seven areas of your life that need to be in balance in order for you to have long-term stress relief. So lighten the L stands for your livelihood or your career, which, you know, for many of us that we're going to spend more time do, doing with our career than just about anything else. I mean, in fact, workaholics will likely work more than they sleep, um, you know, over the life, the, their lifespan. The uh, I stands for imagination or your conscious mind. That's your inner critic. <laughs> um, the G is your genius or your unconscious mind where real change happens. That's, uh, it's amazing what you can do when you, when you tap into your unconscious. And uh, H stands for your health, which no surprise, that's the, 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 the inspiration for why I do what I do today. Um, then you've got the T it stands for time because time is a precious resource, just like health. And if you uh, don't, you know, time, the problem with time, obviously, as you guys know, once it's gone, you can't get it back. So you've got to use it wisely. And E stands for your environment, because if the environment around you is very stressful and chaotic, it's going to be hard for you to get stre um, stress relief. And then finally, your network of relationships. That's what the N right. is friends, your family, your co-workers, etc. So uh, I developed a book and I, I, there's over a hundred quick and easy techniques to try and they're all categorized by those seven areas so that, um, you know, you can pick up the book and uh, take a, you know, in for the, the reality of today where let's say you've got five minutes before you have to have a very important presentation or um, 
difficult conversation and you're stressed and you want to try something to calm yourself down, this is a perfect opportunity to grab a, grab a tip out of the book and give it a try. Fantastic. Oh, awesome. And that book's available, is it, Professor Pete? Like if you go to Amazon... Amazon. It's uh, it's on Amazon. It's on uh, it's uh, uh, there's an audiobook version. There's a Kindle book version. Oh, cool! Uh, and uh, so it's it's available there. I can uh, I can show you a picture of it if you want. I got one in the bookcase. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> That's what it looks like. Oh, cool! Oh, awesome! For those that. Uh can't see this it's uh it'll be good <laughs> that's funny take a screenshot oh yeah we will uh, yeah if you want to put it up i'll take a screenshot of it cool where's the screen find it awesome and um just uh i guess just something completely different i like questions i like to ask you know what's something interesting about yourself Professor Pete, apart from everything else that you've just told us, what's something else interesting about yourself? Well, um, I like to climb mountains, and so uh, I'm a big hiker, and so I'm not a I, I'm not a rock climber, but I do like to 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 hike up tall mountains. So I've been to the top of Kilimanjaro. Oh wow! Been to the top of Mount Fuji in Japan. Uh, I've been to I climbed to the top of the highest point here in the, the U.S., which um, uh, is Mount Whitney, and uh, one of the uh, uh, the second highest in California, um, Mount Shasta. Um, I also in Hawaii, uh, Mauna Kea, uh, climbed that. So actually, at the same time that I did, was wor working on the book, I needed a day off, and so I went and did that. So I, I love love to be out in nature. Yeah. Uh, a few nature tips in my book. Uh, and uh, it's because, you know, you need to be able to connect. And, you know, when we're inside and, and uh, with artificial light, it, it uh, especially sitting at your desk for, for long periods of time and way what we've been having with this whole, uh, whole pandemic, I mean, it, it can be very, uh, very uh, challenging on your, on your body and on your mind. Yeah. Out of curiosity, all the walking that you've done, has that been since the event in the ICU or...? No. Before no. And after. Let's see. So Mauna Kea, Mauna Kea was uh, after I, uh, um, after I, I had that incident in the hospital. Um, the rest of them I had done before. Right. I need to do a lot of hiking. Um, it's I find that especially prior to uh, the pandemic, you know, and I'm still members of several groups. Um, when I would go out hiking with a group it was the best of both worlds because I'm a social person. And so I like to, to communicate with, uh, with others, but I also like to be out in nature and get exercise. So it's a, the best of both worlds. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just to finish, um, professor Pete, is there any, um, last words you'd like to share with people, you know, from your experience, um, you know, just anything at all that you think that we haven't touched on that just comes to your mind that you think would be worthwhile sharing just to finish off. Yeah, I think I want to, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to share one particular tip um, with your audience um, that I find is relevant for most everybody I come in contact with. And that has to do, you know, go back to our phones. Um, we really need to figure out a way to detox from technology. 
at least for a little while during the day or you know in the evening etc because the problem is when you are checking your messages especially your work messages but messages in general when you're checking those messages all day long like you are for work but then you're checking them in the evening on the weekend on your vacation when you're doing that you have effectively not stopped working mm. and when you haven't stopped working what that means is you don't give your mind or your body the opportunity to recharge and over time that is going to be a killer so I really recommend, you know, technology is great. It's giving us a chance to connect here. And I mean, I use technology all day long, but I make it a point to get up, get away from it. You know, like, for example, uh, you know, I go for a, a walk around the neighborhood if I, in between meetings. Um, I'm, I actually just joined a, uh, uh, a group on, on LinkedIn that's called Walk and Talk because... Uh, instead of sitting at your desk at a, on a conference call, why not get up and get some exercise while you're having that, conf that, that conference call? That's you cool. You know, as long as you've got data for, you know, on your, on your phone, but, you know, get away from the, the electronics and that, you know, it just, it's so important. And, and um, if you, especially when you've got those electronics and even if it's not your work messages, when you are looking at the negative news that comes along with it, that doesn't do you any yep. good either. So if you can just get, get rid of be rid of it for, you know, if you're gonna go out to dinner, for example, leave your phone in the car or turn it off and ask whoever else you're having dinner with, if it's somebody important, ask them to do the same. You'll be shocked yep. at how more present you will be yep during the dinner. Because if you think about it, how many times have you guys been out to, you know, when we had the, the restaurants? <laughs> but how many times do you remember seeing people sitting at the table and not talking? Because what are they doing? They're sitting there on yep. their phone. So mm -hmm. I just really, really emphasize yep. on technology. That's one of, the, one of the many tips that I, one of the over 100 tips. And uh, I have a, uh, uh, a video uh, a quick video on that as well, if if anyone's interested uh, on my website. Awesome. Um, you, all right. <clears throat> so the, your website, you say on your website, you have a video on that. Uh, so I have. What I'll do is I'll put it in chat here. Yep. So what your listeners can do is, if they don't want to buy the book, or if they want to get a preview of the book, <laughs> uh, every week I pick one of the tips from the book. And I make a blog post of short one to two minute video and I talk about it. Oh, so cool. If they're interested in that, that's, they can go right there and, um, and get the information they can. Oh, cool. On everything. So that's, I've been doing, you know, ever since, especially since the pandemic, but there's, there's over 90 of them there. Already. Oh, wow. So there's gotta be something there for everyone. Someone. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Professor Pete for sharing and, um, you know, it's been a, a joy to get to meet you and learn about your story and, and, and uh, you know, what, where you got to and where you, where you are now. It's been uh, fantastic. So thank you very much. Oh, it's been my pleasure, too. You guys are just wonderful. I, you know, like I said, I, I absolutely love, you know, reading the stories that you post on LinkedIn. And it's so much fun. And uh, um, I can't wait to see whatever you're going to do when you 
get to uh, the 366th person. That, uh, you know, that's going to be a, just a great compendium. Thank you so much. Have, have a great day, Dr. Pete. Thank you, guys. Dr. Pete, Professor Pete.